Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. Today on the show, we're talking about Dr. Disrespect, starting a new AAA studio, and NFTs. Are they coming or going for games? And are we maybe getting a reboot to the classic Twisted Metal franchise? This is the Culture Jack News Desk. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. I'm your host, Dustin, and uh, a lot of lot of big things happening in video games. I told you last week that this was going to be a particularly meaty show. I said it was going to be you, you go into Subway, basically, and you're getting a you're getting double meat on everything. We've got a bunch of news today, but before we get into the news, like we like to ask, can you leave us a review? Just do it. I mean, do it based on this first. 20 seconds or whatever, however long it has been. Oh shoot. It's almost been a minute. No, that can't be, uh, leave us a review on the podcasting platform of your choice. You can leave us a comment, leave us a thumbs up, leave us a heart, leave us a like, whatever, whatever positive affirmation, whatever positive digital affirmation that you can give us. I'd appreciate it greatly. We've got a bunch of shows on the channel, but let's get started with this one. And let's, uh, let's take a look at some of this news. All right. Uh, starting it off with some NFT stuff. There has been a <laughs> kind of a divide in the gaming community about NFTs in games specifically. And I, I kind of wish that this backlash, this uproar over NFTs was as loud during the uh, the onboarding of all of the loot boxes and DLC content and incomplete games that we're getting that we're just we just buy the rest of them rest of them later. So the first news story, uh, all this comes from GamingBolt.com, by the way. Uh, Ubisoft introduces a new NFT platform named Quartz, and the NFT uh, gear is coming to Ghost Recon Breakpoint. So I can't remember what it was. You you would get this NFT. There's a helmet. And there's also, I think, a gun wrap or something. And the gun wrap was fairly easy to get. Like, you, you'd, got, you'd get it after 20 hours or something. The helmet, however, you had to, <laughs> you had to have played uh, or completed all the challenges within Ghost, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And that would take approximately 600 hours. Now, even considering someone playing the game fresh, starting it new, they would not have enough time for this limited time offer to complete 600 hours of gameplay. And but by what uh, most people are saying is a very mediocre game. So I've got more news on this uh, a little bit later as well. And I, I talked about it on another one of the episodes on another one of the news desks about how having an NFT in a game like a loot box is one thing you it's gambling for children, essentially. But having an NFT in a game where if you pick it up, you have to potentially pay taxes on a downloadable piece of content that you have for the game. That's not right. It's not right at all. I, I'm not excited about where this is trending unless, you know, there's huge amounts of uh, tax reform or <laughs> maybe blockchain reform or something of the like. Uh, this, this new show has been a couple weeks coming because we did the game awards last week. And so we didn't get, get the news. And so as much as I, I loathe saying it, I absolutely love saying that this is going to be a, a 
double meaty, double meaty episode. Uh, but it's been out for a while, and since it's been out, Halo Infinite has also been released. It was released on the eighth. Um, well, the campaign was, of course, we had the multiplayer drop way earlier than that. But the campaign is super fun. It's it's super good. Um, another news story: Halo Infinite is facing issues with quick resume, and three four three Industries is working on a fix. Now, this is the one that Anthony talked uh, about. Well, he talked to me about it. I don't think he talked to you guys about it, but he said, "Hey, make sure you tell those gamers over on the news desk about this quick fix and uh, or quick resume." Because quick resume, if you would leave the game and then go to boot it back up again through the quick resume feature, which by all intents and purposes is a very good feature on the Xbox, it would not load you back into the game or it would disconnect you from the server. So you'd have to quit out fully from the game and then load the game back up uh, from the beginning. So no quick quick resume for <laughs> Halo Infinite just yet. Uh, but that is the fix. If you go out, go to your menu, quit it, restart it. Um, thanks, thanks to Anthony for that one. NES and SNES creator Maya Masaya. Oh God, I'm so sorry. This was a, it was supposed to be a loving tribute. NES and SNES creator Masayuki Yumura has passed away. Um, he was the lead architect behind Nintendo's NES and SNES consoles, and he passed away earlier this month on December 6th at the age of 78. And it's 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 you know it's terribly heartbreaking um when anyone passes away much less people in those uh areas of entertainment and things that you you enjoy and you you go wow they were a pioneer in this particular area era which uh you know you more was in gaming and uh it's also interesting to think that he was only 78 years old and that just reminds me like how young this industry is, how young this gaming industry is. So um, big uh, tip of the tip of the hat, you know, pour one out uh, for Masayuki Yamura. Uh, rest in peace, sir. Uh, Sony patents online building features of Death Stranding. This is one of two separate patents that we're talking about this show. Uh, the game the game's unique path building technology that sees players influence terrain over time seems to have now been patented. Now I would have thought if this was going to be patented, it would be patented by a Hideo Kojima type and Kojima productions, because that was his game, right? He, he, he was the one that was introducing this new, what he called genre of game called the stranding type game, which is, you know, a walking sim simulator by all accounts. But it's been it's been patented i guess yeah gaming and patents are weird because i know there was that that big uh, kerfuffle over the shadow of mordor's nemesis system that was going to be patented but has since maybe been used in other games and then pubg attempted to patent the whole battle royale genre which it very clearly is now a genre i would think if you had a stranding genre you wouldn't be able to patent that kind of genre as well. Well, that just goes to show you about these, you know, venture capitalists over here. There was a Nintendo Indie World Showcase on December 15th. So if you missed that, you can go find that on YouTube. Bunch of cool indie games showcased. Halo Infinite uh, recently on the 15th added a update for Team Slayer, Free For All, Fiesta, 
and Tactical Slayer playlists. I got into some free-for-all matches. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm not very good. But once you get uh, really good at looking at the mini-map, because the mini-map is... I, it's important in all the game modes, but it is very, very important in a free-for-all game mode setting where you've got people coming at you from all directions. If you can listen to footsteps, ooh, I played recently with my son uh, Splitgate for the first time, which is, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, it is a, it's a Halo ripoff. Like it, it feels like the weapons and the skins and even even so far as down to the, the reticle and the announcements of double kills, triple kills, killing frenzies and so on is a, a direct pull from the Halo franchise. It also includes the element from Portal where you can shoot two portals out and then they lead to one another and you can only shoot them out on particular surfaces. But. Uh, when you do, it makes for some very interesting gameplay dynamics. It was a very fun game, and I had hesitated playing it for a long time. And my son was like, "Hey, man, we need to play this game," and so uh, I did, and it was it was very fun. Uh, but new modes out for Halo, which is which is really good. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. In Splitgate, I don't know if it's different from other games, but the footsteps are so much more pronounced in that game. It seems like than in. Um, Fortnite, Apex Legends, even Halo Infinite, it feels like the footsteps in Splitgate, you can hear them. So I was hiding behind corners, just waiting for people to come around corners because I could hear them coming. Clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop. Blam. Blast them away with a shotgun. It was great. I was constantly, you know, king of the leaderboard, and so that felt good, which is not a not a place I usually find myself in, especially with these more popular games like Apex Legends, Halo Infinite, and, uh, and Fortnite, especially when you get into the the build battles, as the kids call it. The Legend Zeth, uh, the Legend Zeth, the. Le <laughs> what if, what if the new Legend of Zelda games, you didn't play as Link anymore. You played as a character named Zeth. He's like Link's cooler, older cousin. He's got like tattoos and he rides a motorcycle. He's never really done anything with his life. You know, he smokes cigarettes and he'll buy you beer at the store, but, uh, so this is not this is not <laughs> a news story about Zeth, Zelda's older cousin. It's The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 new gameplay mechanics possibly detailed in Nintendo patents. So these were the patents that I was talking about earlier. They've got 3 patents out and they are mechanics for a phasing uh phasing upward through a lofted terrain, a rewind mechanic, and expanded uh free falling mechanics. Now, if this iteration of Zelda is as uh, pioneering as Breath of the Wild uh, 1 was, then I'm very excited about these mechanics, and especially when it comes to like Breath of the Wild's climbing mechanic, which isn't something new in games like Assassin's Creed's been climbing for years, but with the use of the stamina gauge as well as the incredible open, open world, it was, it was really revolutionary. And so I, if Breath of the Wild 2 can pull off a repeat with these new patents and these new game designs because there's been free falling in games. There's been rewind mechanics in games. I'm thinking of you, Prince of Persia and stuff like that. But um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. The, the, the free falling one has me has me curious, though, because we did see kind of phasing in the trailer. The one trailer that we got for Breath of the Wild, we should be getting another trailer for that 
uh, soon. I would hope Nintendo's already said that we're going to see more of that in 2022. But the phasing upward through what looked like a drip in the rocks, we saw that in the gameplay footage. We saw Link rewind time uh, slightly with a boulder rolling at him. And we saw like a free fall, but it just looked like a part of a part of a cinematic. So maybe there will be some more engaging elements there. I know there's supposed to be more not aerial combat, but there's like these sky fortresses now. Oh God, I'm so excited about that game. Pokemon Legends Arceus trailer introduced Diamond and Pearl Clans. I have been excited about this Pokemon Legends game for a little bit because I feel like it is a good step in the right direction where Pokemon needs to go and have a dramatic reimagining, just like Zelda did with Breath of the Wild for their Pokemon games in being, you know, open world, in being more exploratory, in uh, the way that it feels like you are actually in nature looking for these incredible pocket monsters. Uh, looking at this new trailer with these clans, gosh, it just... Mm, it looks like so much more of the same that we've always seen from Game Freak. It looks like we are getting the same, just slowed down, kidified. And I didn't buy the last one. I didn't buy, what was the, was it Diamond? It was, yeah, it was Shining Diamond and Shining Pearl. The other ones that I guess maybe these are the clans, these are the ancestors of that game. Potentially, I don't know. <sighs> Like, I was going to buy this one day one. I skipped the last one, like I said, but I was going to buy this one day one just based on the open world looking mechanics. But I did that for Sword and Shield, and it it burned me. So I'm not going to do it for this one again. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to see reviews. I'm going to wait to see gameplay footage until I can see what looks like a truly open world engaging Pokemon RPG. That's what I want. Splinter Cell Remake has been announced and rebuilt from the ground up with the Snowdrop engine. Ubisoft Toronto is in charge of the project, which is in the very earliest stages of development and offers, quote, new generation vis visuals. Now, this is kind of cool because everyone has been clamoring for a, not everyone, but there's been a large contingent of people clamoring for a Splinter Cell remake for a long time, and it just has not manifested itself. You know, the, <laughs> the main character... I can't even remember his name now. Uh, he has a uh, Sam. Is it? It's Mr. Sam Splinter. <laughs> it's Sam Splinter and his and his four Ninja Turtles. No, uh, Mr. Splinter Cell himself has appeared in several games as like a side character, as a knockoff character, as a downloadable skin. I think he was even available in Fortnite at one time, I want to say. Oh, no, but you know who is available in Fortnite right now? we got Spider-Man this chapter. We've got uh, Marcus Phoenix and some Gears of War boys available this chapter. And then all, all kinds of cool original designs as well. But Splinter Cell's coming. A new remake anyway. Halo Infinite Hotfix fixes campaign cosmetic unlocks and improves connections on Quick Resume. Uh, I have not found that second part to be true just yet. The connections still seem to be suffering a bit on Quick Resume. The Gunk is now available. I haven't downloaded it yet, but like I said, I am very much looking forward to that game. Um, so we'll see. I, and, and like I said in a previous episode, my hopes for it being something much more immersive than it actually is were kind of dashed. And last the last trailer that we saw, you know, I could see the strings a little bit more. 
but regardless, I still want to play, still want to play the game. Okay, like we said at the top of the show today, popular streamer Dr. Disrespect opens up a AAA studio with Halo and Call of Duty veterans. It's called Midnight Society. This will be interesting to see because I think this is the first time, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, leave me a comment on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram to let me know what a fool I was, but I think this is the first time that we have seen a major gaming influencer partner up and do anything with a gaming studio at all. I mean, aside from like Ninja and Fortnite where he was, you know, he's just a popular influencer within the ecosystem and he also got a skin within the game. Sure, fine. That's, you know, that is whatever it is. But I think this is the first time that we've actually seen a influencer dive into, and besides, you know, people like, you know, PewDiePie and the Game Grumps uh, develop like little mobile games and stuff. This is supposed to be a triple A studio. So we'll see what they can pull off. I'm very interested to see how this is. And I wasn't a big fan of Dr. Disrespect, but I got to watching him a little bit. And this guy is freaking hilarious. And not only that, he, He's playing this character, right? He's playing this very angry, uh, ornery character with a you know mustache and sunglasses and the mullet and the, and the whole nine, the tactical vest. He's so ridiculous, but I don't know, man. It's a it's a good show that guy puts on, and that's I think you know why people tune in and why he's so damn popular. CD Projekt has settled its lawsuit with investors over Cyberpunk 2077 launch. So if you recall. The investors for Cyberpunk 2077, just like many of the consumers, were very displeased with the state that that game came out in. And so they did end up settling for $1.85 million with all the charges and claims being dropped in the lawsuit. Stalker 2 is canceling NFT-related plans following widespread backlash. So we talked about this with Ubisoft. They're charging forward. They say, we're still going to do this thing, even though it's proven to be kind of unpopular right now. But Stalker 2, which I didn't even know was going to have an NFT aspect, uh, they've canceled it. They said no NFTs for us. So hopefully Stalker 2 is the more well-received of uh, the games between that and you know Ghost Recon Breakpoint, an older game as well. Okay, this, this has got me excited now, guys. Destruction All Stars developer, uh, what what develop what are they developing? Uh, Studio Lucid Games, they uh, they put out a game, Destruction All Stars, for the PlayStation, I think PlayStation Four and probably PlayStation Five as well, uh, called Destruction All Stars, where it was like this arena car vehicle smashing game where you're in these cars that had these power ups. And it was very reminiscent of Twisted Metal, but it also had another aspect to it where you could get out of the car and you could go hijack another player's car or you could run over a person that was out of their car or you could your car could get blown up, but you could still be alive. Uh, really cool concept for a game, but I've always been a fan of Twisted Metal, so there that is. This same studio is rumored to be working on a new AAA IP for the PlayStation 5. And a lot of people, a lot of sources are indicating that that new IP may be a reboot 
of the Twisted Metal franchise, which is awesome because, like I said, I have loved that franchise for a long time. I had Twisted Metal on my PlayStation. My brother and I played it. Anthony and I played it. Like, this is a game that has deep roots in dust and lore. And for now, if, if, this, if this rumor is true, see, I'm, I'm stumbling all over myself because I'm so excited. If this rumor is true and this game is actually Twisted Metal, these guys, this Destruction All-Stars, they seem to have nailed a, a car demolition derby aesthetic so well that I think even if they were to use some similar assets where the characters could get out of their cars, hijack other cars, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. I'm so excited for it. I hope this rumor turns out to be true. Um, Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass adds five more Sega Genesis games, and those are Altered Beast, Toe Jam and Earl, Dynamite, Heady, Sword of Vermilion, and Thunder Force 2. I, I still think it's cool that uh, there's Sega Genesis games being added to this library. However, I don't think it justifies that extra $20 to the Nintendo Switch Online membership. I think it should just be part of the membership. Tencent acquires Back for Blood developer's parent company, Turtle Rock Studios. So now uh, Turtle Rock Studios is still supposed to operate independently, but Tencent, man, still out here making those, making those big moves. Ghostbusters actor says new Ghostbusters game is in the works. Ernie Hudson, he seemed to collaborate uh, some earlier rumblings that a new game would be in the works. Let's see, he was at a Comic-Con, I think. He was at a fan convention. Let's see. He didn't give much details about the project or who was making it, saying that he didn't know where it would be, when it would be out. You can see part one of the panel. He said they're in the process of doing scheduling for recording, saying that Dan Aykroyd will be involved, though was unsure if Bill Murray would be. I still haven't seen the Ghostbusters movie, but... Everyone says it's really good. My wife said it was really good. Anthony said it was really good. Everyone said that you will be moved to tears by the nostalgia alone. Uh, my son saw it. He said it was scary, but he said it was very good as well. The next Mass Effect, they still haven't learned their lesson, is being built on Unreal Engine 5. Uh, so that's cool. And I'm all the more excited about Unreal Engine 5 projects now that I've seen that Matrix Awakens project and I got you know, to put my hands on it and fly around in the air and see the polygons and see the light trails and see the ray tracing and, and all of the particle effects. I'm very excited about any Unreal 5 uh, engine product, but I still got to play the other Mass Effects, the Mass Effects trilogy. Hopefully it comes to Game Pass so I can so I can get a hold of that. Gran Turismo 7 will have over 90 tracks and over 420 cars. Whew, that's a lot. And I see you developers. I see what you did. You wanted 420 cars because that was the amount of cars that you needed. No, you had 418 cars and you went back to the conference room and you all sat around and you shuffled your paper around and you're like, guys, listen, we have 418 cars. Wouldn't it be great if we could get just two more cars and have 420 cars? And everyone, they took another token. They said, fuck right, boss. We're going <laughs> to do it. Uh, Far Cry 6 update adds free missions with Danny Trejo. So that's really cool. Uh, another big name actor in there uh, who <laughs> along with, you know, uh, who is it? 
Carlo Esposito. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's really neat. Grand Turismo 7, not to backtrack, but my, that's how my mind works. I go forward, I talk about some things, but I'm still processing the things that happened before. I'll be processing them long after. If I stumble or make a mistake in this podcast, when I stumble or make a mistake in this podcast, I will be thinking about it for days. You guys have no idea how rent-free you live in my head, or I guess how rent-free I live in my own head. The thing I was going to say about Gran Turismo is Forza Horizon 5 has had had such dramatic success at the end of this year. It has been no doubt a tally in the win column for Xbox. It will be interesting to see if Gran Turismo has the same thing because they're very different games. Anthony's talked about it a little bit as well, where a Forza Motorsport or a Gran Turismo is much more of a driving simulator where you want to see how the car feels and you want to see how it takes turns and it reacts maybe a little bit more anchored in reality. Forza Horizon is more of a sandbox. It's more of an arcadey feel game. And that may be why it had such like widespread... Um, widespread acceptance by people that maybe aren't even racing fans. Like even I'm interested in playing it just based on all of the positive reviews and things that I'm hearing about this game. It will be interesting to see if the PlayStation's primary competition to a Forza Horizon 5 Gran Turismo 7 uh, sees the same kind of critical reception. And just based on the fact that it is a simulator, I'm hesitant to say that it will. Far Cry 6, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, Hades is the highest rated 2021 Xbox game on Metacritic. It uh, talked about it getting a 93 score, followed by Forza Horizon 5. We'll see, there it is. Had a score of 92. Psychonauts and uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator had a score of 87 and 90, respectively. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, so I've got more information on... On Metacritic, they did they did the top ten worst games of uh, 2021 as well, which we'll get into. The Game Awards 2021 hits a record 85 million live streams. So if you didn't tune into the Game Awards, surely you caught the podcast last week about the Game Awards, or surely you've been following us on Twitter, where we live tweeted the whole Game Awards. The event uh, set other significant records like 23.2 million viewers, uh, viewer votes, 1.75 million hours watched on YouTube, and 1.6 million tweets. I'm glad I could contribute. I think we ended up putting out maybe 60 or 70 tweets for that event. Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin is an alternate retelling of Final Fantasy 1, producer says. Uh... Which is, is, this looks like a weird game, for one. But it's cool because I tried playing Final Fantasy 1. I, I downloaded it for my phone a while ago. And it's not great. I would I would go, I'd say it's very close to being unplayable. It's just the, the difficulty level is very, very high. I do not have that kind of time for that kind of grind that that kind of game requires. So... If Strangers of Paradise is going to do the legwork for me and be a retelling of this kind of game, well, maybe I can just play that instead. And the beauty of Final Fantasy, to begin with, is Final Fantasy is 
a uh, non-consecutive uh, game. So Final Fantasy 1 doesn't have much to do with Final Fantasy 2 aside from some Easter eggs and similar characters. Well, maybe that's not true. Those early Final Fantasy games I might have more to do with each other than uh, the current uh, iterations of Final Fantasy. However, most of them, they, they're not connected. And so you can play them in any order as much as you want or skip some or, you know, go back and replay them, whatever. I'm interested in that a little bit, though. Elden Ring's PlayStation 5 download size is reportedly 44.47 gigabytes. Not a huge game, surprisingly enough. I mean, not huge by way of, you know, a Call of Duty that's 200 gigabytes or a even like Apex Legends that's 75, 80 gigabytes. 44 gigabytes is not bad. And I'm, I'm Xbox. I can't remember if Xbox is bigger or smaller than PlayStation. I'm trying to think back to Red Dead Redemption because I know there was a very definitive. But that was back on the Xbox one and the PlayStation four. So that wouldn't even be a good. Wouldn't even be a good comparison. All right. Metacritic reveals the worst reviewed games of 2021. OK, so here they are. Number 10. Necromunda hired gun. Uh, it got a 49. Demon Skin got a 48. Arkham Horror Mother's Embrace got a 48. I Saw Black Clouds got a 48. Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy The Definitive Edition got a 47. This was the Nintendo Switch version specifically, so I don't know if that one was worse than the other ones or if that was just the one that was reviewed for this. Number five is Of Bird and Cage on PC. Uh, it doesn't say a score, but apparently it was bad. Taxi Chaos is number four with 42. Werewolf, The Apocalypse, Earthblood, got a 42. Balan Wonderland was number two with 36. And the number one worst, worst game, according to Metacritic, of 2021 was... That's a drum roll. That was just me pounding on my chest a little bit. It's uh, eFootball 2022 with a score of 25 on the PC. The Nintendo... Uh, no, the Nintendo, the Nintendo. What am I talking about? Good Lord. It's too close to the holidays. I got too much to do. Christmas is coming. It's right around the corner. It's two days away. I know I, I'm going to, I'm going to wish you a Merry Christmas tomorrow. And Anthony's going to give you our Christmas present on Saturday. Uh, but Merry Christmas. I'm so excited. The holidays have got me absolutely giddy this year. Uh, Nintendo advises setting up your Switch consoles before Christmas to avoid server issues. Now, this is, it reminded me of a very new age problem that we have. When, when I was a kid and my mom and dad or, or my brothers or Santa Claus brought me a gift, that gift was ready to go right out of the box. But today is not the case because you might get a game that needs an update for it. You might need a console that needs setting up. But I guess if you think about it, it goes back to the times when, you know, you'd have to build a bicycle or you would have to you would have to construct some other dollhouse or something along those lines before Christmas. Uh, this is just another part of Christmas now where you have to make sure everything has batteries and everything is updated and everything is the way that it needs to be before Christmas. But Nintendo says that too. Set up your Switch first. And they say it because there may be server congestions over the holiday period. 
which I mean, anything digitally, you might expect some slowdowns when it comes to servers of your favorite game. You know, new people will be jumping into games that they're getting for Christmas. So you just just be aware of that and be aware that there could be some some issues. That's why I say get a good single player game to play this holiday season. And if you need to know which one to get uh, in my episode tomorrow, I break down my very favorite, my number one game of the year, my number one show of the year, my number one movie of the year, and a special bonus category that I'm not going to talk to you about. But I also talk about games that I played over the course of the year and movies that I watched and whatnot. So tune into that episode. I'm not going to say it's a good one, but I am going to say it's a great one. Starfield development, quote, has made great progress. Bethesda, quote, can't wait to show more in 2022. Starfield director Todd Howard has spoken briefly about Starfield's development and 2022 plans. Uh, I'm very excited about this game. I hope it comes out well. All eyes are on you, Bethesda. Now, some notable points about this Bethesda title that's coming out next holiday season. It is the first game since the debacle that was Fallout 76 by Bethesda Studios. It is the first game by Bethesda Studios after they were purchased by Microsoft. So maybe having more of the backing, more of the power, more of the gravitas that is Microsoft behind them, they will produce a game that does not stumble as much as Fallout 76. Uh, and it's a new IP, a new IP by Bethesda, which should get you excited. But I will not be buying this one without seeing the reviews, without watching some gameplay. I miss getting burned by Fallout 76, and it's not going to happen to me with Starfield. Here's some news for my brother Logan. Logan, if you're listening, Mistborn author Brandon Sanderson is working on a game that'll probably be announced in 2022. And he says he's been working on this project, quote, for several years but it's not based on any of his property. So that's a kind of a bummer. A Mistborn uh, game would be very cool. It'd be very cool to have all of those pushing and pulling powers and the way that they burn metals and collected metals and stuff like that. And then not to mention the incredible, huge uh, storyline, the the arc uh, about the war and, and the politics and the <laughs> creation and destruction of the universe and all of this would be excellent fodder for a video game. But I have no doubt with this gentleman's uh, penchant for world building, the game will have an excellent world to be explored. Now, all is to be said is, you know, who is developing the game with him and what the gameplay is going to be like, because that could be a huge stumbling block as well. Silent Hill mention at the Game Awards 2021 was a jab at Konami, not a tease, says Del, Tor Del Toro. So Guillermo Del Toro at the Game Awards said something about Silent Hill, and I can't remember what it was. I talked about it last week on the podcast, but he said something about something, something Silent Hill, and then Hideo Kojima. You know, he said something, something about uh, Del Toro's movie, and everyone was like, oh my God, it's a new Silent Hill game. It's coming. But apparently that Silent Hill game is still wrapped up with, I think, Capcom? No, Konami, because Konami and Kojima... The names sounded so very similar, but they were you know, obviously different people in studios. So Silent Hill uh, was not a tease. It was a jab. It was a jab at Konami saying, how could you get rid of this guy? Because Del Toro and Kojima, I assume, are almost as good of friends as Kojima and uh, <laughs> what's that guy's name? Uh, Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus is the guy I'm thinking about. Voice of Cards, the Isle Dragon Roars update adds high speed mode, which is great because I, I talked about this game probably 
three or four weeks leading up to it. It's a game by Square Enix. It's an RPG that's played all with like these cards that you flip over. You look at the cards and the cards battle each other. All of the elements, the monsters, the items, the characters, the weapons, all on cards. It's super interesting, super neat. Even the map, as you travel the map, cards flip over to show the terrain that you're on. But I did get to play it, and it is very fun if it is not very, very slow. And so a couple of the things that, that really irk me is when you're moving your little chess piece over the cards, sometimes the animations take quite a while. And to be frank, that's what kind of turned me off of it, and I stopped playing it. Uh, I did get, I won't say super far, but I was, I was making some progress. So having a high-speed mode is such a welcome addition to this game. And I don't know how they get this kind of feedback because I don't answer any surveys for it. My Nintendo Switch is never hooked up to the internet. I don't know how they do it, but uh, I'm excited to get back into that game and maybe finish it a little quicker. Ubisoft will continue pursuing NFTs, blockchain technical director says. So uh, that is Didier Genovis says the French gaming giant will continue to pursue NFTs in spite of backlash. So this is a very different stance than Stalker 2 developers took when they said, okay, we read you loud and clear. We're not putting NFTs in our game. Ubisoft says, no, there are too many dollar bills associated with this thing. NFTs are going to go into our game. And uh, it's fine. Right now it's Ghost Recon Breakpoint which is not a hugely popular game. Not a lot of people are going to be getting these NFTs, but that is just a testing ground for their NFT environment, for their NFT ecosystem. And it's going to suck when it jumps into other games like Far Cry, when it jumps into other games like Assassin's Creed. These are big games that people in it, that they want to enjoy, but they are going to be interrupted by a bunch of Wall Street bros. <laughs> wanting to shove this NFT thing down our throat. Um, so a ongoing, we'll, we'll see where it, where it shows up, where it ends up. Uh, what did he say? He said, he's a, he's a Frenchman. So we'll give him a Frenchman's accent. We have received a lot of feedback since the announcement and we hear both the encouragement and the concerns. Geneva said, we understand where the sentiment towards the technology comes from, and we need to keep talking it into consideration every step of the way. He didn't say talking it. He said taking it into consideration. Uh, he said, this experiment is meant to understand how the value proposition of decentralization can be received and embraced by our players. We know it is a major change that will take some time, but we will stay true to our three principles. I don't know what those are. Are those the same principles that robots use? Like do no harm to humans, only help humankind and do not evolve without, <laughs> without your humans uh, permission. And I know that accent, that French accent was drifting into a little bit of a like mad scientist, German engineer accent. But what can I say? I've been out of the accent game for too long. Microsoft. Uh, and this is our last story of the day. I told you double meaty episode, super meats. If you want, if you want the best meat in town, you're going to come to the news desk. That's for dang sure. Microsoft reportedly added over $6,300 worth of titles to Xbox game pass in 2021. Now we all knew that game pass is a hell of a deal for the purchase price 
of three, count them, three AAA games every year, you get access to a library and all the, not all the games are great. Like there are some definite stinkers in there, but there are some definite good games as well. And all of the new first party games are going direct to this source too. So if they release three first party games in a year, you've paid for it yourself. We knew the value. We knew the value of Game Pass was good. But I didn't know it was $6,300 good. Good Lord. That is a lot of uh, a lot of Game Pass money. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's talk about the games that just came out and the games that are coming out. Uh, we got on December 9th. So that's the last time I did some announcements on games. December 9th, we got Monster Rancher 1 and 2 DX. Uh, and that's for Nintendo Switch, PC, and iOS. Among Us came to the consoles on December 14th for PlayStation and Xbox consoles. Uh, Eterna Noctis on December 15th for shit, everything, except, except for iOS. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, December 16th for PlayStation 5, 4, and PC. And then the Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade came out on December 16th for PC as well. Uh, it's funny, as I read these games off that are upcoming games, and I get that list off of Metacritic, by the way. So if you're interested in looking that stuff up yourself, you're more than welcome to. But as I read off these titles, I remember there was a time that I was reading off titles that were showing up for Stadia as well, and maybe even Luna. But over the course of the last month, two months or so, as I've been uh, giving you this information, I don't recall there being much Stadia or Luna games on uh, on these upcoming games lists. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there has been, and I'm just it's a it's a flash in my memory. But that is it uh, for the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our second our second to last show of the news desk. For 2021, it's coming to a close here really quickly, guys. And this isn't our only show on the podcast. If you just tuned into uh, Culture Jacked, the podcast this is your first time, and you're like, what is this? They just talk about the news going on in the gaming world? No, that's that's what we do here on the news desk. We've got other shows for you. Like tomorrow, we've got a show called The Friday Show. That's a, a, another show that I do. And on that one, I get to talk about whatever I want. Sometimes it's games, sometimes it's movies, sometimes it's the way we tell stories, sometimes it's, you know, the adventures that I'm having with my brother and my friends. Um, I mean, I just did a podcast episode with him. He was our first guest on the Culture Jack podcast. Uh, we talked about Wheel of Time, the book series and the new show a little bit. And then on Saturday, we have a semi-regular show where uh, we talk about movies and we talk about television shows that... We have watched or are currently watching and and we do kind of a review and recap show. Anthony's got the reins this week as he talks about the season finale of Hawkeye. I just watched it last night and I am so excited to hear what he has to think about it. It was such a cool show. I, I can't say anything else or it'd be a spoiler. Then on Sunday, we've got the Weekend Wire. He talks about Hollywood news, movies, uh, television, all that, all that good stuff. That's an Anthony, Anthony show. He also comes back on Monday for a show called Monday Madness, uh, where he, uh, just like on the Friday show for me, he talks about whatever he wants to talk about, whether it's cryptocurrency, that hustle and grind, whether he talks about, you know, his, his favorite holidays, uh, not his favorite holidays. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just it's just him talking about his favorite holidays. And this is why I like Valentine's Day. It's really nice you get to show your love for someone else. I've got an idea about holidays, by the way, guys. I want to see how many people get on board with this. I know it's Christmas season. We're all jacked up, juiced up about uh, the holly jolly nature of things. But if we had a holiday on, we'll just say on December 25th every year, that we just called the holiday. All right? Now, now follow, follow me with this. We call it the holiday, and we have Christmas, Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day, Labor Day, Veterans Day. We have uh, all of your Mother's Days and Father's Days and all of your all of your holidays throughout the year. We just have on this one day. We wake up in the morning and we say Happy Easter and we all search for eggs and then and then we give a gift to our love. We give a rose to our loved one and we say here Happy Valentine's Day. I sure do love you. Oh, by the way, it's our anniversary today. Here's a, a memory from our anniversary and then we move over and we have a nice big thanksgiving brunch and we're all super full about that but don't worry it's super bowl too on this day and then we go and we uh all celebrate the things that the labor movement has done and then we respect our veterans for what they've given to the country and then we round it all out with a little gift giving and we say merry christmas but also happy birthday because you had one of those this year as well and then we end it all in one day and then we don't have to worry about it for the rest of the year what do you guys think about that that has nothing to do with this podcast. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. If you'd like to leave a comment about the holiday or any of the games I mentioned or any of the shows or any of the things that we talk about, you can do that in several simple, easy ways. You can get a hold of us at CultureJacked on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, or you can send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. We've got a YouTube channel. There's not much on it, but you can see our see our friendly faces at the very least. And then also, I have a community over on Beams. If you want to come talk to me on Beams, just leave me a voice memo. We'll make our own little mini podcast over there. Just the two of us. It'll be real sweet and nice. <sighs> but thank you for tuning in to the Culture Jack News Desk. That's the news, and we'll see you next week.